Hey, what's up? Hello. Welcome to Sounds Fake But Okay, a podcast where an arrow ace girl, I'm Sarah, that's me. And a demi-straight girl, that's me, Kayla. Talk about all things to do with love, relationships, sexuality, and pretty much anything else we just don't understand. On today's episode, pre-dating rituals. Sounds fake, but okay. Welcome back to the pod. Mango. Ah, okay. Have you ever seen a mango seed? I um I haven't seen a lot of mangoes. I there's a couple people I've seen on TikTok like take out the mango seed and then try to like plant it and grow a mango or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're like very large. Mm. That's all. Is it like an avocado where it's like a big? It's not big a pit. pit. It's like a just a really big seed. Yeah, basically, it kind of looks like a giant pumpkin seed. Mm, that's pretty big. I hope I'm talking about mangoes and not something <laughs> else. So it's possible it was a completely different fruit. I was at the grocery store yesterday and I saw a pile of very large jackfruit, and I was like, "That's a jackfruit in the flesh." Yeah, I think that, like, every time I see a dragon fruit, I'm like, what are you doing here? <laughs> you exist we can't be do- local We can't Ralph's? do this again. <laughs> we can't keep meeting like this. Oh, great. Okay. Uh, Kayla, do we have any um, housekeeping? I mean, I did my Instagram live, which was a full week ago by now, but it is yes. on the Voices for Berlin Instagram if you want to check that out. Yeah, um, it was fun. I watched it. And Kayla did watch it. Sarah did not acknowledge any of my many comments, which was I rude. didn't. But at one but point to to be to be fair though, about uh halfway through, the comments stopped updating for me. That's fair. Um yeah. but I think the best part was someone and if you're <laughs> listening, I love you dearly. It was like the funniest thing that's ever happened was like Oh my god, Kayla looks different with bangs because the person that was like hosting it, I guess like didn't not look like me and had like brown hair and glasses. It was curly. And it was like kind of curly hair. So like didn't not look like me, but I was like in the comments and I was like, I'm Kayla. And then someone else was like, that's not Kayla. And the person was like, oh my god. <laughs> Wait, the person like actually thought it was you? I think it seemed or like genuine. Or like they were just saying like, oh, haha, that person. No, that I'm. It, like- <laughs> no, I think the person genuinely was like, oh, lo- Kayla looks different without or with bangs. I love this. I mean, you it have had bangs. I have had bangs. They haven't worked, but I have had them. <laughs> um, the only other housekeeping, I think, uh, the first episode of our D&D Mm-hmm. mini series i guess went up on thursday which is the day we're recording mm-hmm. um and the second episode will go up next thursday and then the third episode will go up the thursday after that gotta edit those, those you, you should edit yet. those so yeah if you're a patron of any level you can listen to those you can become a patron now to listen um most Pretty much 99.9% of those funds will go towards uh, transcribing all of our episodes because dang is that expensive. And I know we've been saying for like a year now that that's where the money is going, but 
I don't think you guys understand how expensive it is to transcribe an entire like 170 episode backlog of podcast. (laughs) If you all want the real tea, it's going to take like $8,000 total. So, so (gasps) anyway, um, so yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, hope y'all like it. Mm-hmm. And if you'd Go like to give us eight thousand dollars for transcript, we are open to that completely. Yes, uh, I also think some people think that we actually do make money for ourselves off of this podcast, and we do not. This is this is something. Maybe this is not something I should like. Actually, I don't know if people usually like share the their like podcast numbers because it's like with YouTube videos you can see all the views and subscribers, mm-hmm. and podcasts it's not that way. I don't. I don't think there's but, any harm in, in being open about it. No, it's like, it's like, like being open about financials. Like, why not? True. Like, the number of listens and downloads we get on the podcast is far lower than I think most people think it is. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, weird because I don't know that our, like, listen count is equivalent to, like, our quote-unquote cultural impact or, like, community Mm. impact, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So I think people think we're a lot more successful than we are, which makes sense because, like, we're writing a book and shit. So you'd think that more people listen to this, but they don't. But we're still successful, but we're not. (laughs) But we appreciate your optimism. We do. And not to say that, like, it's obviously not all about numbers because we're still doing this even though we don't make money off of it and blah, 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 whatever. This is just to say, um, if you think we're famous and successful, we're not. But we are, but we're not. If if you think that, think again. (laughs) (laughs) If you think that, consider thinking again, but also thank you for thinking that. You guys know how much money I make at my day job? I'm not going to tell you. Because this seems like a very public forum to announce that, but it's not very much. (laughs) Anyway, this is not, now it feels like we're guilting people. We're, if you don't have money to give to us and you don't, or you don't want to give money, you don't have to. You don't, and we're not saying people need to listen to us either. Like if you don't want to, don't, obviously. We're just being honest about our prospects. We're just being honest. (laughs) And now everyone is going to comment like, oh, they're so hard on themselves. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we have I- depression. Heard of it? <laughs> Recently, someone in the in the Discord was talking about how um, I was saying how none of us are cool when we were talking to Barefoot Backpacker. And they were like, oh, pod moms are, so, are too hard on themselves. And I was like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's a defining characteristic of both that of is, us. Yeah. That is our personality, basically. <laughs> Uh, anyway, let's start this pod. Uh, Kayla, what are we talking about this week? Uh, so this week, we this is an idea that came from some lovely members of our Discord. As a reminder, you can always throw out your ideas. We won't necessarily use them, but we welcome them. But even um, if we don't use them, sometimes they do uh, make for interesting conversations. So. True. Like in the Discord. Yes. Um, so this idea, someone was listening to the NPR podcast Life Kit, which is like a podcast. They're like little short 20 minute podcasts and they do them about like a bunch of different things. And I think, I don't know, they're basically like informational and, you know, like Life Kit type of stuff, you know, like the title says. Um, it's a kit this for person your was life. Li- yeah, this person was listening to one about, hold on, I should like find who the person is, huh? So it was uh, Sky 
from the cornflower system in mm-hmm. our uh, Discord that said, we're mm-hmm. listening to NPR Life Kit about dating for the meme. And oh boy, they really did recommend having a pre-date ritual where you get into the headspace to go in the date. And they said, are the aloes okay? Mm-hmm. I think because the word ritual is a very intense word. Um, and then a very hilarious conversation ensued where everyone was talking about their pre-date rituals. And it was very funny. And um, Sky eats two hot pockets. No, Soup eats two hot pockets. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harry looks in the mirror and cries. You know, mm-hmm. a lot all, of really All the classics. Stuff. <laughs> all the classics. Um, so I thought this was funny and interesting. And then I also found the article version of this Life Kit podcast. And I honestly felt like the life or like the predate rituals part wasn't like the weirdest part of the article. So I'm going to read the article, and then I think we can also share what we think our pre-date rituals would be. Okay. Sound good? I'm ready. Okay, so this episode slash article is called How to Fall in Love According to Hinge's Relationship Scientist, which off the bat, a relationship who, are you scientist. To, who are you to tell me how to fall in love? I know We did an episode on this before of like, however many questions it takes to like fall in love with someone or whatever, that whole thing. 36. 36. And I think as we probably learned from that, who knows, you know, like maybe, but also maybe not. I think the term relationship scientist is very funny because I understand they're trying to give themselves some credibility, but scientist is such a broad term. Like, well, I understand (laughs) it. Like being a sociologist who studies relationships. Yeah. that I understand. But I the know title of relationship do scientist. <laughs> yeah. It makes it sound absurd. stupid. And it makes me feel bad for people who are like actually yeah. are, I guess, like valid relationship scientists. Mm-hmm. Like the Megan Carroll, the wonderful researcher that I'm doing research with about asexuality, I guess you could call her a relationship scientist because she's currently doing research on, like, asexual relationships. Mm -hmm. But that just makes it sound like what she's doing is much lamer and stupider. Right. I I think the term relationship scientist, especially when it's saying, like, what what was the name of the article again? Uh, How to Fall in Love. Yeah, especially hinges relationship science. Yeah, especially when it's telling you like how to fall in love according to relationship science. Like it makes it sound like it's a hard science, which it's not. It's well, it also feels very much like a like a Cosmo article. Oh yeah, yeah. Of like help tips from some random person that claims they're like a relationship expert, which like who among us? And I see that I see that this person works for Hinge, and I'm like, okay. I mean, I understand your perspective. I see where you're coming from. Yeah. Uh, So anyway, I'll read you this article. It was written by Megan Keene, I guess. For a moment, I was Uh, like, Megan Carroll? Yes. (laughs) Imagine we did all this shit talking and then it was like someone who I greatly admire. Okay. Uh, Dating in a pandemic is no walk in the park. Well, actually, often it is literally a walk in the park, but that doesn't mean it's easy. For That's a good bad 50, pun. It was pretty good. I mean, uh, but I hated it. <laughs> For over 15 years as a dating coach, people have come to me in a state of panic that their moment to find a match may have already passed. I also don't I'm I don't know how I feel about the concept of a dating coach because mm. 
How do they know any better than you? Well, shouldn't you just be yourself? And then if it's the right person, like, I mean, yes, I can understand, like, a, once you have created a relationship, like, you know, maybe see a couple's counselor to, like, help you work through whatever yeah. problems you do have. But a dating coach makes it seem like you need to put on a certain front from the start to get right. into well, a relationship. It also, it also feels like... Like, to me, the only reason I can see to, like, see a dating coach is if you have a, if you have a lot of, like, anxiety around dating. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and in that case, I would rather rather see a therapist. <laughs> mm-hmm. So anyway, um, I always try to convey to my clients that dating is a learned skill with a step-by-step process. And if you follow the plan, you will meet your future partner. Logan Uri has a plan and walks readers through every step of that process in her book, How to Not Die Alone. Oh. I mean, I understand that they that, that they want a, that's like a clickbait title. Yes. And but it's, it, it's intentionally clickbaity, but ooh. Yeah. That part, I was like, <laughs> um, I also like understand that dating is a skill in a step-by-step process because it is like a societal script. Mm-hmm. but that like, also sucks it's a process because we make it a process <laughs> like i understand that that is true but also what if it yeah. wasn't <laughs> but also what if the world were completely different <laughs> read more in our book coming in two years uh okay uh, no it doesn't have a title don't worry about it no it doesn't have a title uh how to how wait maybe it should be how to die alone how to die alone. <laughs> working title of our book. Uh, anyway, not only is Uri a behavioral scientist for the dating app Hinge, she also has a decade of experience studying human behavior at various technology companies, including Google. So she, like, is straight up a scientist. hmm But also weird. In her book, Uri categorizes frustrated daters into three primary categories, and they are, each have their unique challenges. One is the romanticizer. If you're caught up in the fairy tale about how you want your love story to play out, this could be you. Number two is the maximizer. If you are a swipe addict with a checklist of qualities for the next best match, you fall into this category. Or the hesitator. If you have trouble getting started dating or have a million reasons for why this isn't your time to find love, this is definitely you. This I'm not totally mad at. I've met, I've met these three yeah, people. You I know? think that I think that's all accurate. But I that, think- I don't know that there are only these three categories. Yeah. But I have met each and every one of these people. And and putting them into categories like that uh, does reinforce the idea that, like, dating is something that you should be doing or that you need to find a life partner. But that, yes. that doesn't mean that they're inaccurate categories by any stretch yeah. of the Well, yeah, putting things into categories and even writing an article or a book like that just, it just exacerbates the idea of, like, if you have a problem dating, you need to fix it rather than like if you have a problem dating, maybe don't anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, like maybe, maybe just, just don't. Take a deep breath. I don't know. <laughs> maybe just like take a break and don't think about take it for a while. Take a break. Uh, okay. In her book, Uri spells out eight questions daters should ask after they meet someone. She says these questions can help people get in touch with how a date made them feel and stay away from a checklist dating mentality. So you're staying away from a checklist dating mentality by giving them a checklist. You do need to answer these eight questions. Here's a checklist to follow to avoid having a checklist dating mentality. Uh, Number one, what side of me did they bring out? Number two, how did my body feel during the date? Stiff, relaxed, or something in between? 
Number three, did I feel more energized or de-energized than I did before the date? Four, is there something about them I'm curious about? Five, did they make me laugh? Six, did I feel heard? Seven, did I feel attractive in their presence? Eight, did I feel captivated, bored, or something in between? I don't necessarily think these are bad either. No. But I also don't think it has to be specific to dating. Like, I Mm -hmm. feel like this is just something you could ask to yourself about anyone you meet. Yeah, I agree. Although I I will admit uh, the first question, like, what side of you did they bring out? My instinctive answer was the left side. So... (laughs) Helpful. <laughs> so uh, you can see the 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 angle I'm I'm going into this with. So just as a disclaimer. <laughs> okay. Uh, each of these types has unique challenges and recommendations, but some of Logan's advice is universal, regardless of your dating style. Here are three things you can do today dating to style. shift your love life for good. One, develop a growth mindset. If you are looking at dating as a set of learned skills and see the process as a learning opportunity, you'll be able to be less stressed about each individual interaction. Again, it's only a learned skill because we made it a learned skill. Yeah. And I mean, like, pretty much everything that doesn't um, pertain to our, like, human survival is a learned skill. And even some things that do pertain to human survival are learned skills. You know what's like, like, (laughs) you know what's weird about this to me though, is I feel like the general discourse is that like dating and sex and love are all natural. Like everyone feels it, blah, blah, blah. But then Mm -hmm. why do I need to learn how to date if this is just like a natural thing we all do? You know? America, explain. I Well, I think that kind of brings to the problem of like, they, they say that, that all of these things are natural and it's like okay maybe the attraction is natural maybe the like wanting to have sex with someone for the purpose of reproduction or just for the purpose of fun is natural but everything else is human built infrastructure around There's nothing that. natural about like the way that we date like yeah. that is all man-made. Well, and I it, it differs like, from culture to culture too. Yeah, like different, exactly. It, it's not inherent to humanity. No. Which is just like if we're gonna say both, thi- have why have why are we <laughs> why why <laughs> why are we keep why do we keep saying both things? Because anyway. humans are dumb. Yeah. Number two is create a pre-date ritual. Figure out what gets you into a good dating mood. Maybe it's a specific playlist or outfit you like to wear. Or perhaps perhaps it's a call to your best friend to hype you up. Make sure you enter each date from a place of optimism and possibility. Kayla, I'm really have not you, mad at that. Kayla, have you entered all of your first dates from a place of optimism? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm, I feel like most people that date never enter a date with optimism. I think like it depends. maybe if it's if it's like multiple dates in and you feel really good about the person, sure. But a first date, yeah, I, also I don't feel think like I've ever entered a first date full of optim. Maybe some optimism, well, like if but it's also like, a lot of dread. Right. I feel like if it's someone that like you already know really well, like you're friends with them, like you may have more optimism, but you also may be like, what if we ruin our friendship? Blah, 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 blah. Well, that's the thing is it's but that's never a different pure emotion. optimism. Like yeah. I've definitely entered first dates with optimism because I like like the person and hope it goes well. 
but there's usually mostly like nervousness and dread. That is also part of your uh, personality, but yes. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like anyone who's going on a first date, like, I don't know that anyone going on a first date doesn't have some sort of nervousness or like anxiety about it going poorly. I mean, I simply cannot speak to this at all. So I, I just can't. I, I mean, maybe there's someone that's like 100% confident and whatever, but that just seems so. Or maybe, maybe. Realistic. I'm just, <laughs> for some reason, my brain went to the character Twyla Sands from Schitt's Creek, where like she's just so optimistic all the time that like even if there's a bad outcome, she's like, oh, that's okay. And so like maybe there are some people that are like that, where it's like even if there's a bad outcome, like they, they don't care. And maybe that's where, where they're yeah, unfettered kind of optimism. But those scare comes me. From. Those people scare me. Uh, Twyla's you know, a great character. Yeah, but okay, if you ever met someone like Twyla in real life, wouldn't you be like, I would be a little there's alarmed. Something going on that you're yeah, not I, telling me. I would be worried there about there must like, be their some internal trauma. darkness here that we're <laughs> yeah. covering up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, number three is fuck the spark. This is actually one of the chapter titles of How to Not Die Alone. Chasing the spark based off of initial chemistry alone is a losing battle, and I've witnessed this, too, among my clients and podcast listeners. Instead of prioritizing butterflies, look for deeper elements of connection and a window into your date's values. Go on that second date and see what unfolds. Yeah, that seems like okay advice. I mean, when you first said fuck the spark, like, I knew what she meant, but my brain really did go down the road of, like, physiologically how would you fuck a spark you can't it would be painful but here's the other thing with this is like some people are telling us fuck the spark get to know the person better Mm -hmm. and then but then society is like ooh, attraction so hot so turned on right away and it's like what is the truth what is the truth this is why people are so confused all the time because no one is telling us the truth anyway Understanding your dating pitfalls and developing a strategy can help you move into the relationship you want. It might not come in the exact package that you envision, but a deep connection and relationship that can blossom over time is worth more than a million dead-end dates. I mean, I'm, like, not mad at most of this, really. I mean, obviously, if if you have a first date and you just, like, don't vibe... You don't need to go on a second date. But, like, if you go on a first date and it's, like, you're not, like, immediately in love, but you're, like, is interested in the person, yeah, go on a second. Like, like you had a good conversation, sure. The thing to me is, like, this advice just seems like advice you would give to, like, any socially anxious person. Yes. You know? Like, this really doesn't feel any of it specific to dating. Well, that was what... Like, one of my only actual prepared thoughts I had about this was because when we talked about doing this this topic yesterday, we were both saying how, like, having a pre-date ritual or, like, doing the other things that this article outlines, like, doesn't seem super weird to either of us. And I think that's, I mean, it's because both of us, me and Kayla, are, like, more broadly just mentally ill and more specifically anxious people. <laughs> and so, like, the idea of a predate ritual does not phase us because it's like, yeah, that might be helpful. Like, I get how that could be helpful. Yeah, I mean, I feel like probably unconsciously before I go into social situations, like, I do have to, like, get myself ready. Like, 
I like I script phone calls. I script <laughs> I I talked to my psychiatrist yesterday and I literally wrote out notes of what I needed to make sure I told her because I knew that if I was just put on the spot, even if it was a question that I expected her to ask, if I didn't have a prepared answer, I would not say, I just wouldn't say it. <laughs> like, yeah. And I mean, the word ritual definitely is weird because it makes it feel more like I need to put on this special perfume in this special spot and then do this and blah, blah, blah. Like, I that does feel more but, like. But also, if that helps you, do it. Like, I don't, there's no harm yeah. in that. Yeah, I think it's just the word ritual that's kind of weird. But, like, to me, it just, like, I, we've talked about this before of, like, before we podcast, we have to, like, kind of put on our, like, mm-hmm. podcast suit, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. There's usually a lot of, like, are you ready? I, mm-hmm. hold on i need to drink some water like <laughs> like sarah always has to put some chapstick on for some reason i didn't but now maybe i should um i don't want a podcast with chap lips um but like i i do <laughs> as a person who um if i look at my life from the outside like there are a lot of like very ritualistic aspects. are there really for me like little Shocking. things, yeah, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> well, um, that's also <laughs> it is that's a, that's another thing. But like, I, but, but that's why it doesn't phase me at all. Like, I don't think that whether whether you're neurotypical, whether you are not, whether you have OCD, like I don't like. I think this can be helpful to anyone. Yeah, not to shit on the people in the Discord that were like making fun of us because I understand that it does it is it does sound silly. Well, the there there's an absurd way to take it which um was very funny in the Discord and we're going to go in that direction later in this episode, don't worry. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Like I pro- like thinking back to when I was dating, I was an incredibly anxious dater mostly because of my demisexuality to be honest. Mm-hmm. And I feel like probably having pre-date rituals, like, would have helped, probably, Mm -hmm. because, like, there were many a date where I was, like, incredibly anxious before it started, and I, like, felt ill. I've had dates, I, my first, like, real date in college, I had to cancel because I was so anxious, and I got in the car with him, and then I felt like I was gonna puke, and I was like, I'm so sorry, I feel, like, ill, can you take me home? (laughs) Oh, no. Isn't that just the most? <laughs> Rip. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I, I remember you being very nervous before. There's really only one example I can think of because I have a horrible memory. But like, I recall you being very nervous before a first date. <laughs> Where? Which? It was with that the uh, French Tinder guy who you didn't go out with again. <laughs> he sucked. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. You were very nervous and then... You 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 went to Noodles and Company. <laughs> no, I went to Noodles and Company with No, you no, you Patrick. did. You did. You went to you okay. walked there. It was somewhere that was walkable from It was the coffee shop next the hollow. to Noodles and Co. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, yeah. That's place. what it was. <laughs> anyway, I don't remember being nervous. I do remember the date because it was like boring and stupid, but I remember you being maybe I'm just making it up, but <laughs> who knows? I mean, I believe you. 
<laughs> Maybe I'm just gaslighting you. Maybe. Just for fun. <laughs> Maybe. You do love to gaslight. I do love to gaslight. This is a joke that like one person will get and I don't think she ever listens to the podcast. At least not regularly. (laughs) That's okay. Sarah, all you need to know is Sarah loves to gaslight her friends. This is a joke. This is a joke. Is it though? Because I feel kind of gaslit in this time. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Mm, Why? Did your friend tell you to feel gaslit? (laughs) Anyway, do you have anything else serious to say about uh, not dying alone or predate rituals before we share some of our very serious and good predate rituals. Yeah, I mean, I guess just like, you know, if a predate ritual is helpful to you, cool. If it's not, cool. Like, there is no right way to be a human person. Um, There's a lot of wrong ways, though. I was about to say, there is like a wrong way to be a human person, but <laughs> there is no right way. <laughs> um and so you know whatever works for you works for you um and you know don't shame people for their what works for them as long as it's not hurting anyone but with that said um there are definitely some absurd predate rituals that like if if you were to say this is what i do is my predate ritual and i i would say um that does that really work for you and they would say yes and i would say i support you but also do you realize how absurd that is but also i'm laughing at. and hopefully they would say yes i'm aware and then we could laugh together okay (laughs) that's all i have um i have none prepared i have one prepared perfect uh so my preferred extreme predate ritual is to take a nap um and then accidentally nap through the date just miss the that whole seems, date entirely it seems very you yeah on a lot of levels <laughs> uh yeah yeah um well this isn't mine this was just one that i saw actually barefoot backpacker put in the discord but i want to share this one too is mm-hmm. barefoot backpacker said that he has seen and heard the advice that men specifically should like masturbate Mm-hmm. and get off before dates there's not mm-hmm. like weird hormones mm-hmm. which i like don't under like so this is do you the have kind less of- hormones after you <laughs> get off is, is is the is the intention for this just to like make sure you don't accidentally get a boner in the middle of a date that that i kind of understand like I d- but but presenting this to someone is like you should do this before every date. That's absurd. Like it's weird to th- what's especially weird about it is then thinking that like okay, I'm on a date with a man and then what if I start thinking about like do you think he masturbated like 10 minutes ago? That's yeah. horrifying. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That it's like if I don't I'm not trying to tell you when to masturbate, but, like... (laughs) There are biological reasons why that might make sense, depending on the circumstance, but... I also, like, maybe I just don't understand how hormones work. I don't either. like, do you have less hormones after you get off, and then they slowly come back? Like, I didn't think that's what hormones were. They just just come out from under the underbrush, and they're like, I'm back. I just don't understand. (laughs) I don't either. Uh, 
I think a really good predate ritual would just be bathing in the blood of your enemies. Just to mm. make you feel like like a badass going into it, you know? Very like, powerful. This is who I am. I'm going into this state. I can do it. I'm going to be myself. I have bathed in the blood of my enemies. I am ready for this date. I've thought of one that I actually think is a good idea. Okay. Can I still say it? Sure. Uh, looking up the criminal record of the person <laughs> you're about to go on a date with. I feel like I mean, that's, that's good. That is public information. <laughs> I feel like that's a good ritual. It's yeah. like fully internet stalk the person you're about right. to go out with. And it's like, you know what? If you find out like, oh man, they they got caught with some weed once. That's fine. They robbed someone at gunpoint. I now I have questions. Probably not great. Yeah, not as great. They they assaulted uh, a child on the street. They yeah, just kicked good. him. No, I don't. Mm, that seems problematic. I was watching a TikTok, and there's this lady talking about this first date she had been on, and she has like she had like a tattoo of like her zodiac sign, and the guy mm-hmm. was like, "Oh, like are you into astrology?" They're talking about it, whatever, and he was like, "Oh, well, there are there any like types of men like." men that you don't like to date based on their signs mm-hmm. and she was like well i don't like not date certain signs but like i'm not a huge fan of gemini's or like taurus men blah 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 mm-hmm. and he was like oh good because i'm a cancer and then later she looked up his criminal record and he had like fully assaulted someone and was a gemini <laughs> <laughs> that is wild <laughs> So he's just a big fucking liar. Like, why not at least own up to it? Obviously, don't be like, oh, and also because he's a Gemini. But but like, why not just like they're gonna find out eventually if you stay together. Gemini behavior. I don't know. If you stay together, they're going to eventually find out that you're actually a Gemini. I I mean, unless you like forge a new birth certificate, I don't know. Yeah, and now this isn't to say never date an ex-con. You know. No, it's it not. Is. People can be rehabilitated and change and become better it's, people. We're not saying to be aware of. It is good to be aware. And mostly to see if they've committed a crime very recently. Yeah. Or like or a like very violent Or on the crime. sexual assault registry. Right. Right. Not great. I'm like, if someone sold crack once you know that's probably a, a situational thing you know they it's, there's there were probably yeah. reasons they did that if someone sexually assaulted someone um hmm you know hmm. hmm i think a good predate ritual is to do some sort of really extreme like juicing cleanse salt water cleanse um like only just get eat everything out of your body yeah like maybe only eat bananas for a week um and like just really fuck up your body's like system metabolism um while you're at it might as well just fuck up the um uh, what's the thing about how you you get tired at night the circadian rhythm Fuck mm. that up, too. Like, just mess everything Get up. Get your sleep schedule way off. Get yourself to your most basic, hangry self. Oh, yes. Like, hangry and also, like, feeling very ill. And then go on the date. 
That's great. Because then you can see how they handle you at your worst exactly. right off the bat. Exactly. I, and they know what they're getting themselves into. True. I recently had to explain to Dean what a juice cleanse was. Mm-hmm. I think he like thought it was just like a diet where you drink a lot of juice, which like makes sense. I can't yeah. fault him for that. Yeah. But I had to break the news to him that it was like only drinking juice for like two weeks. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm sorry to be the one to tell you this, but- yeah. They're very yeah. weird and probably bad. And they really, f- they fuck up your system. I think, uh, is it my turn? Mm-hmm. I think another good pretty ritual would be to like, um, get in your, get in your clothes that you're going to wear for your date and then like take your pet, like your dog or your cat or whatever, and just like hold it and cuddle it and then get, make sure as much of the hair gets on you as possible. Find out if they're allergic. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. That's exactly what I was going to say, is you just get as much and then you can find out if they're allergic. Because if they're going to be allergic to your cat, like they can't, the relationship isn't going to get very far. Right. You'll have to live separately forever. Or like maybe they're like vaguely allergic and so like maybe they like sneeze once or twice, but they seem okay. It's like that. that's okay. Like I'm vaguely allergic to the cat that I live with, but like it's tolerable. But if they, you know, need to be brought to the hospital, like that's... Over. Deal breaker. Yeah. Like I'm sorry, but my, my cat's more important to me than than that. I mean, like I, I hope mean, you're honestly, okay. yes. <laughs> but <laughs> I think another really good predate ritual is to just, I don't know why this is the thought that keeps coming to mind, just bleach your whole hair, all your, your whole I head love, of hair. See, what I love about this <laughs> is usually that's something you do like after you're broken up with, right? It's like yeah. cut bangs and bleach your hair. But this time you're getting out ahead of it. Before exactly. the breakup even happens, before the relationship even starts, bleach right. your hair now to save yourself the trouble when you inevitably break up. And and if you go on a lot of dates, whether they're first dates or not, continually bleach your hair until you're bald. You're always ready. You're yeah. always ready for heartbreak if your hair is always well, bleached. Exactly. And then if your hair is bleached and if you're constantly re-bleaching it, then if you are going on multiple dates with the same person and like they still want you around even though your hair is like frying off of your head because of something you chose to do, like that means they're maybe they're in it for the long haul. This is when like I sometimes will ask Dean, like, will he still date? If I was a slug, would he still date me? Mm-hmm. Like, this is like that in real life. You know, mm-hmm. you can really tell. Like, if I absolutely demolished my scalp. On purpose. On purpose. Yeah. Would you still date me? <laughs> would you still date me? Yeah. So. I love that a lot. Thanks. Um, I think another great predate ritual is I personally am a big um, picker. I love to pick a scab. I love to pick at my skin. I do it when I'm like nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think just do get all of your picking out before the date mm-hmm. so that you enter the date with no scabs mm-hmm. to pick. Will mm-hmm. you be bleeding profusely? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But you will not have any scabs to pick. Yeah, I mean, along those lines, just bite your nails off until your mm, fingers no nails. are just pull, bleeding into your spaghetti your nails bolognese. Out. 
and specifically get get spaghetti bolognese so that the blood will like cover yeah to cover up the fact that you're bleeding yes yeah like like don't get fettuccine alfredo like that's not oh that would be so embarrassing yeah or like if you got like i don't know like fish tacos like that's you're you're gonna notice you know that there's just drops of blood everywhere um so you have to eat a red food yeah um here's another good one Mm -hmm. so you're about to go on a date you're not sure who's gonna pay because there's like the whole weird thing but you're going to this like fancy place and you're worried like oh my god if it turns out that like i'm the one to pay like i don't have much money so like i need to be ready for that Mm -hmm. so before you go on your date take like an empty glass bottle Mm -hmm. and um Break it and then hide the shards of glass in your bag, pocket, purse, whatever, and then slip it into your spaghetti (laughs) once you've eaten like most of it. And then it will be a free meal for both of you. Oh, I understand. See, I thought, (laughs) I really thought where you were going with this was to like, cause yourself a, oh a medical God. emergency <laughs> i have to go i can't pay i've cut myself with the shards of glass in my purse and now i have to take an ambulance that's gonna cost me two thousand dollars goodbye i must go <laughs> i mean if they took you to the hospital i bet the restaurant wouldn't make you pay or at least they wouldn't make you pay like immediately <laughs> you know I they wouldn't like- be like i'm sorry you have to pay before you leave in this ab- ambulance i imagine that if you become like fatally injured or if you have like a heart attack in a restaurant and need to be taken away i mean they right like they can't they don't make you pay do they like that'd be so awkward of like hey i know that your friend just got like wheeled out after like Mm -hmm. i don't know something happened i was i was in a restaurant one time in florida where someone had a seizure that's but terrifying. I, but I didn't ask so, like, if that's they made what them I'm pay saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, okay, your like friend has a seizure at the restaurant. They have to be taken to the hospital to make sure they're okay. Mm-hmm. And maybe one of you, like, stays behind. You don't all go to the hospital in the ambulance. Like, how awkward would it be for the server to be like, hmm, here's your check. Like, that's that can't be it, right? We're going we're gonna to charge you extra for the seizure. Like, there's no way. Is any, can anyone that, like, works in a restaurant? You disturbed our other customers, so you'll have to pay, you'll have to pay a $10 seizure, seizure surcharge. Seizure, Caesar <laughs> seizure, surcharge. Seizure, surcharge. <laughs> um, can, if someone listening works at a restaurant or has worked at a restaurant or knows the answer to this, please let me know if some big accident happened to someone in a restaurant would you do you make them pay don't know seems awful don't know anyway no i think you should slip the glass in your food i recently was eating grocery store sushi and there was just like full bits of plastic in the sushi <laughs> but, like it didn't hurt me in any way and it yeah. like really didn't bother me so i like called the grocery store to let them know the lady was like oh my god i'm so sorry i um, wouldn't have even called them i would have been like this is fine well, I called, I just wanted them to, like, know, to, you know. To be aware. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, what if something was, like, broken? They kept making, like, plastic sushi. The lady was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Please come in and we'll give you a discount and tell, tell them whoever sent you. I don't even remember her name because clearly I didn't go to the store because I was too yeah. lazy. 
See, I wouldn't have even called. I would have just been like, as long as I'm not dead, it's fine. Yeah. But what if I had, like, found out that someone else had died from eating, like, plastic sushi from that grocery store? And I had not called. You're not liable I would have felt for that. that. You're not I liable don't know. for that. Maybe I am, though. No, the grocery store is liable for that. I mean, you were, yes. You were helping like, out the grocery store is what you were doing. I guess. You were helping out the big man. Big brother. Big grocery. <laughs> big grocery. I mean, I think that's as good a place as any to stop. <laughs> yeah, I love big grocery shards of glass in my <laughs> spaghetti. Um, so Kayla, what's our poll for this week? Um, shards of glass in spaghetti. Yes. <laughs> or yeah. Or shards of glass in esophagus must go to hospital. <laughs> I don't think this is a good poll. No, it's not. We need to do a different one. What What were we talking about this week? <laughs> Predate ritual. Um, yes. That is what we were talking I about. I guess. Have, I mean, it could be like, have you ever had a predate ritual or more broadly, like a pre-certain type of interaction ritual? Yeah, that works. And if you'd like to tell us what it is, tell us what it is. Do it. Um, I hope someone says that they like legitimately eat an entire box of Hot Pockets and it really helps them. And I'm like, you know what? I support you. I mean, honestly, I could see that like if Hot Pockets is your comfort food, like maybe. Chow down, bitch. Like I'm not mad at that if that works for you, you know? Become the Hot Pocket. (laughs) Um, Yes. Okay. Kayla, what's your beef in your juice this week? Is it a hot, is there beef in your Hot Pocket? I don't have. I don't know if I've ever eaten a hot pocket. To be very honest with you, they I they must they I've must make hot pockets with meat with beef in them. They must. I'm sure they do. I've had a pizza roll, which I feel like is just a small hot pocket. To be honest, I've yeah, that's probably fair. I've I've never had a hot pocket. I don't think I've ever had a pizza roll. I've had a, a, a oh, oh, maybe maybe I've had a pizza. I roll. love a pizza roll. Maybe like once. I've had like a a bagel a bagel bite. Which is uh, just the other a day tiny pizza I was the other day I was safely and legally not sober and <laughs> it was late at night and I made myself like fifteen pizza rolls because <laughs> I was very hungry and then I like came back from the kitchen and Dean was like what the fuck and then he tried to take one after I had actually asked him first to make me the pizza rolls and he said no find a less like arduous snack to want. <laughs> so I just did it myself and then he tried to take one of my 15 pizza rolls and I was like I fully intend to eat every single one of these pizza rolls and I did good and he I'm did happy. not get any because he didn't he didn't deserve it <laughs> make your own damn pizza rolls Dean <laughs> exactly if he wanted them he could have made them but he said no so anyway my <laughs> beef is that um I and Dean and one of our cats has ringworm. <laughs> I feel like this was had to have been my beef a while ago that I had like itchy spots and I thought it was eczema. I feel like this must have been my beef. You got um, eczema? No, you and got for ringworm. A second, <laughs> I do be having ringworm. And for a second, this was like a couple weeks ago, but neither of the cats were showing signs of ringworm. So I was like, there's no way that I have ringworm if the cat doesn't have ringworm. But then Billy started having symptoms of ringworm, and I was like, well, shit. So we brought her to the vet, and it turns out that gnocchi 
the new cat had ringworm like in the shelter and they treated it but it doesn't just like go away right away so she Mm -hmm. was still carrying it Mm -hmm. and so she gave it to the rest of us and so now we all have ringworm except as gross as it sounds we don't have a ring we don't have a ring like there's not a worm it's just like an infection ringworm ringworm is a really deceptive name because it makes me think of like a parasite like a parasitic yeah, it makes it seem worm. like there's a worm in you. All it is there's is not. that, like, the spots that you get are, like, ring-shaped. Like, that's it. Yeah. And I it's just, just, like, an itchy spot. It's it not that gross. makes me think but, of parasitic worms, and that really, yeah. really it's not uh, great to think about. upsets me. <laughs> I don't like um, that. So, anyway, now we all have ringworm except for this little rat who brought it to us. <laughs> anyway, that's my beef. My juice is that I had a first session with a new therapist because I haven't been in therapy all quarantine, which was absolutely a mistake. And um, it was it was good. Would recommend. My beef and juice are... My beef is that I haven't prepared beef and juice. Um, my, hmm. my beef is that apparently I was taking too much Adderall because I misunderstood <laughs> the instructions. <gasps> Uh, but like it was helpful it was helping me and i understand that that adderall is meth and that it it is an addictive (laughs) substance (laughs) but like i wasn't taking it every like i didn't take it on the week i didn't i wasn't having a hankering for adderall like i took it when i needed it and it was helpful but now i can't have as much (laughs) (laughs) no i can't have my meth Uh, she's switching me to the extended release, though, so we'll see if that's helpful. Anyway, um, my juice is, um, I went to the grocery store the other day, and they had Cherry Coke, which is a real delight for me. Um, <laughs> Another installment in Sarah looks for Cherry Coke. Yeah, because uh, I was completely out. I had, at one point, I had three 12-packs, and I drank all of them. And uh, I was like, I'm out of cherry Coke. What am I going to do? I really hope Ralph's has cherry Coke. And they did. I didn't even have to go to Smart and Final Extra, which, yes, is the name of a grocery store. Who named it? I'm so happy for you. (laughs) Um, That's all. Um, You can tell us about your beef, your juice, uh, your predate rituals on our social media at SoundsFakePod. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash SoundsFakePod. If you give us money there, you can listen to our D&D episodes. You can also help us transcribe because as is was established at the beginning of this podcast, it's not cheap. Um, We have a couple new, quite a few new patrons this week. Uh... Maybe they wanted to hear D&D, and maybe they're going to cancel their patronage in a month. But you know what? We still appreciate you. So our new $2 patrons are Samuel McDonald, Sophie, and Mary S. Thank all of you for your patronage. You are wonderful. And we hope you enjoy our D&D specials. I don't like how I said that. But it's too late. I don't either, to be frank. Well... Our $5 patrons are Jennifer Smart, Asritha Vinakota, Austin Lay, Perry Fierro, who is our DM for those D&D episodes, just saying. 
Uh, D, Quinn Pollock, Emily Collins, Book Marvel, Simona Simon, Jamie Jack, Jessica Shea, Rhea Faustino, Daniel Walker, Livy, Madeline Askew, Lily, James, Corinne, Alice is in space, Sky Simpson, Brooke Siegel, Ashley W., Savannah Cozart, Harry Haston Dugan, Soup, Amanda Kiker, Vishak, Jacob Weber, Rory, Amberly Istar, Rachel, Kate Costello, John, Ariel Laxo, Ellie, Tessis, 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 you heard me, Tessa, oh. Matias T, Chris Lortano, Sam, Kelly, Scott Ainsley, Orlini Visley, Julianne, and Lost in Space. Thanks for joining the party, Lost in Space. Hello. I hope you become Welcome. unlost soon. Our $10 patrons are Arkness, who'd like to promote the Trevor Project, Benjamin Abar, who'd like to promote me playing D&D, which has happened now. I think it's actually been happening. Uh, the, the first time, Benjamin, that you started promoting that was like two days before we planned to play but I, we couldn't Somehow tell you how you knew we couldn't Shocking. tell you that <laughs> um anonymous who would like to promote halloween sarah mccoy who would like to promote podcasts from a planet weird my aunt Jeannie, who would like to promote christopher save and cassandra who would like to promote manifesting positivity doug rice who would like to promote native by caitlin curtis h valdez purple chickadee who would like to promote figuring out one's gender identity and the non-binary community barefoot backpacker who would like to promote being you for you the steve who would like to promote Cozia, R.E.K., who would like to promote The Eyeball Zone, Maddie, who would like to promote Union Series by T.H. Hernandez, Derek and Carissa, who would like to promote the overthrow of heteronormativity in support of Melody the Hamster, Andrew Hillam, who did in fact tell me before last week's episode uh, what they wanted to promote, and I just can't read. Um, so they would like to promote their cat, Sarah Jane. <laughs> um, sorry about that, Andrew Hillam. Uh, Aaron, who would like to promote free forehead kisses. Kadir, who would like to promote gnocchi feta fettuccine is a wonderful name for any cat. Now I just question myself every time I say gnocchi because I'm afraid I'm going to say gnocchi. To be honest, <laughs> um, potato, who would like to promote potatoes. Changeling MX, who bumped up from five dollars. Thanks, Changeling, we love you. And they would like to promote Thank their home you. on the internet, which is starshipchangeling.net. And we have Sarah Kujawa, who would like to promote her dogs. Aviat and Stevie's Instagram, which is at Aviat the Husky, A V I A T the Husky. Um, and uh, the day this episode comes out, it is Aviat's third birthday. So, fun fact about Sarah Kajawa is that she is like my childhood best friend from like kindergarten. We were like best friends in elementary school. Um, so you've always just so been drawn to people named Sarah? I think so. So, if okay. you uh can get a hold of Sarah. She's on Discord. I don't know that she uses it because she is self-proclaimed not good at technology. Mm. But if you can get a hold of Sarah, maybe she'll give you details on Tiny Kayla and how awful I was. Who's to say? Okay. But thank you, Sarah, for listening and for giving us money. Thank you. Our $15 patrons are Nathaniel White, Nathaniel Day White Designs.com. My mom, Julie, who would like to promote free mom hugs, Sarah Jones, who's at Eternal Lolly Everywhere, Andy A, who would like to promote being in the unions in the IWW, Martin Giselle, who would like to promote his podcast, Everyone Special and No One Is, Layla, who would like to promote Love is Love, also applying to Arrow People, Strawberry, who would like to promote the planet Earth, Thea Chappelle, who would like to promote twitch.tv slash Melody Sharonda J. Brown, who didn't have anything to promote, so we are promoting her, Maggie Capelbo, who is promoting their dogs, Leia and Minnie, who really have been making a lot of appearances in the patron-only Discord chat. Another reason to become a patron. Um, and Dragonfly, who this week would like to promote <sighs> your local Ralph's having cherry coke. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Sunday for more of us in your ears. Until then, take good care of your cows. <laughs>